There we go. Honored to be a guest presenter, a guest speaker on this beautiful, beautiful daily limud. Um, I chose just for a few minutes to discuss a sugya that um, I cover with my halacha shir. I do a bunch of the um, a bunch of the topics from headlines or David Lichtenstein's uh, books, and one topic that I just completed. It's a little bit fresher, fresh enough in my mind that I can cap, I can summarize it. Is the um, the Jewish the Jewish view or the halachic view of the insanity plea? What does it mean? The uh, is there such a thing? What's the Torah's view? Can someone just declare themselves as pater because they're insane uh, from murder and committing other acts, etc., etc.? Yanki, you still good? Okay, excellent. And um, and I will give you the 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 Roshi Prokham is as follows. It's based on a Gemara and Chagiga at the beginning of the da at the beginning of the Masechta. Discusses what it means to be a shota. There's a machlok samaraim, and the Gemara's conclusion that in order in order to be called a shota, you have to do three actions that are all random, and those three actions all together, all equal. Right, the general outlook of this guy is a shota. The same way that a shore, in order for a shore to be a shore muad, so shore has to go a fish. I'm sorry, fish. A cat and a dog and a donkey, and a, and if he's muad for three different meanings, he's muad lakal. But what if someone exhibits behavior that in some ways looks normal and in some ways looks abnormal? Most of our cases of Shota are going to fall into that kind of category. So how do we know, right, what is really going to define someone as being a Shota from being part of mitzvos and being part of an Onish? So the, um, the doomsday scenario of this Shaila, the doomsday scenario of this Shaila, I think everyone would agree, is if someone gets into a marriage, and becomes a shote or a quasi shote during the marriage, and they want to get out of the marriage, and he even he might even want to get out of the marriage. The problem is, if he doesn't have the status of a bardas, he can't give the get. And if he was a bardas at the beginning of the marriage by the kedushin, so they started the marriage together, and now he doesn't have the das to give the get, and this poor girl is going to be stuck in the marriage. And there are several cases in history. The get of Clev is a is a is a famous example of this. But I'm going to say over just Ramosha Feinstein's mahal. Ramosha had such a case in the '80s, and he had a boy come to him, a man come to him that exhibited crazy behavior. He gave up the crazy behavior. He was sane, so to speak, and didn't do anything rash for a couple of years. Got married, and of course, it came back. And the question is, what do we do with this guy now? He's doing, you know, he's all these, all these crazy behaviors in some ways, but in other ways, he's very rational and sane and he even wants to give the get. So he met with Ramesha for a few hours and Ramesha was able to determine that he was able to give the get. Now, why? Why? So he bases it on the Rambam. The Rambam says in Helkos Edos that a shaita can't give testimony. And he says, why not? Because he's not a bardas. He doesn't have das. And then the Rambam goes on and waxes poetic and he gives a full explanation of what it means to be a shaita over there. And he says, not just a shota completely, but even if he's only a shota with one thing, he's sane the rest of the day with this one crazy thing, that's enough to make him a shota, says the Rambam, and he can't testify. So at first, Rav Moshe says it's an open shot case, meaning if a guy is partially crazy, he has the status of a shaita, his get shouldn't be valid, he can't make a can't make a decision. But Rav Moshe his brilliance says the following, number one, if the Rambam wanted to tell you that a show, if the Rambam wanted to tell you that a shaita can't be a witness, right? And you were to ask someone, why can't a shaita be a witness? What would you say? She'd say, because he's not, a, he's not a bardas, right? He's not a bardas. The Rambam doesn't say that. The Rambam says he's not a shaita. The Rambam says he's a shaita because he's not, he, so he can't give a edus because he's not chayav in mitzvos. Why does he say that? 
That's not the right. That's not the reason you should think he's crazy. Can't trust his judgment. Can't trust his testimony. Number one. Number two, Ramayya says, how come? How come this is the time for the Ramam to go off about what a shaita is? Should have been all the way at the beginning of the Mishnah Torah. Why over here in Hel this? Says the Rambam, there's two, there's two dinim by a shota. This is the crux of his head. Din number one by a shota is chiyav and mitzvos. And the Ramayusha says, there's no such thing as being chayav partially in mitzvos. If you're there from one, you're there from another, from all of them. Which means according to Ramayusha, if someone is a shota to the extent they can't understand one mitzvah, they should do mitzvos, but they're putter from all the mitzvos. That's Shita's Ramayusha. However, that doesn't mean that a shota can't do kinyanim. The Rambam was talking specifically about Eidus. And by Eidus, there's a halacha that you can't give testimony unless you're guilty or you can potentially be guilty of bearing false witness. Like that's kind of like the check to keep you in place to tell the truth. A shaiter of Moshe is putter from all mitzvahs. And since he's putter from all mitzvahs, he's putter from losana b'riachet shaker. And that's why he can't be an aid. Not because he's crazy, because he's putter from mitzvahs. But that doesn't mean of Moshe that he's not that his kinyanim aren't valid. A shaita, if he understands mentally what it means to do certain kinyanim, the kinyanim are going to be valid. And he said, this boy that he met with understood how to do kinyanim. And therefore, he might be a shota, a partial shaita. And therefore, even though he might be putter for mitzvos, his das of what he understands and his kinyan, his das to do kinyanim are 100% valid. And he allowed him to actually give a head, give you, give the get. And that was a famous chumar of Moshe. There's a chilk and how to look at a shaita between the concept, um, between chiv and mitzvahs, and how to look at a shaita when it comes to whether or not his kinyanim are valid. Can he can he fulfill certain mitzvahs? Can he do things? And there's countless nafkaminas. Can a shaita, a partial shaita, based Ezra, can a guy daven for the Amr? Another nafkamina is if uh, someone doesn't understand. Is someone chayv a mitzvos and they, an older man and it was Alzheimer's? Can he go to a home? Can you feed him kosher? You know, if the home doesn't feed him kosher food, alkopalim, The maskana that we arrive at is when it comes to the insanity plea. Even if someone might argue that he has das, the uh, there's so much history um, through halacha, through psak, and through ashkafa that any time we have a reason to assume that maybe his das wasn't hundred percent to commit the murder. Even partially, when it comes to you know capital punishment, we're absolutely gonna we're gonna be mathrim. And uh, there's a famous radvaz that says you already see in the courts in, in Vienna that any time we can come to the defendant's behalf, get him out of a you know any excuse that we can, we're gonna use to throw him out. And that's that's certainly gonna be the psak, the Torah's perspective today. While he might be considered a shaita, but might might not be considered a shaita if he understands certain averus. Everybody would certainly agree that when it comes to the death penalty or murder, we would look for anything we could um, anything we could to acquit him. Uh, Lahavdil, probably, uh, you know, certainly an innocent until proven guilty type of scenario when it comes to the uh, death penalty. Shkarach, guys, have a beautiful day.